The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. Um, this is the Repack. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, to people, Tex. What's up, everybody? Feeling, trying to feel zen today. We'll see how that goes. I am about to give the podcast listeners such whiplash after <laughs> this past week where I had to record a pod. Um, on Friday, I don't know if you listened to it. It was me, Matub, and Paul uh, talking on Intercepted instead of doing a big Steelers preview for this game and just being like, we we shouldn't be excited that they won against the Rams. And now I'm pretty excited that they uh, were competitive against the Steelers, even though they lost. So, Yeah, there's, there's some of the things that we saw a little bit. You know, we, we talked last week about building blocks and, and things to um, things to build off of in last week's game. And I think we, we saw some of those continue a little bit this week. And I mean, to me, Jordan love had maybe his best game of the year, certainly one of his best two games of the year, you know, best game since, since Chicago in week one. Um, and, and there was a lot of good things I think that he did throughout most of this game. So that's got me, you know, coming away from this game feeling more optimistic long-term about um, at least where he's at and, um, you know, where this offense could be headed. For sure. Um, Steelers win 23-19 in Pittsburgh. The pass rating for Jordan Love is actually lower than the QBR that he had, which is something that you don't wow. see very often. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of that is – taking into context of that end of game interception, yep. right. And stuff like that and how much that dinks him. Um, but I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, even considering the fact that his wide receivers let him down multiple times in this game. So mm-hmm. this is kind of what we wanted to see, right? Like the way Paul Matub and I contextualized it on intercepted on Friday was we don't really care about the results as much as like, are we on path to win a Super Bowl in 2025? Cause that's really what the goal is, right? Like the goal isn't next year because we still right. got to get out of the cap situation too. Like, can they be that team in 2025? And we haven't really seen them take those steps. Right. And this feels like a step. This feels like a legitimate step toward that. And, you know, obviously you're going to deal with a bunch of weird stuff in this game because like the, all the defensive backs are hurt, right? (laughs) Wide receivers are letting you down a little bit. Who knows if those guys are going to be the answers moving forward, but like seeing the offensive line kind of like not crap their pants against a star pass rusher. Like that's a good thing, right? Seeing Jordan love be able to hit some of these throws. That's a good thing. Like the offense actually having their opening script work, right? That's a good thing. So like (laughs) all of those things are getting thumbs up from me even though this game was a loss and I understand it was a loss and I told you guys it wasn't about wins and losses it was about (laughs) like the whole process and like what it looks like and yeah that's just how I'm feeling right now yeah well and here's one of the things I keep coming back to coming out of this game um if Josiah DeGuara's controller doesn't disconnect on a PAT the Packers are kicking a field goal to send this game to overtime at the end of the game yeah if the referees don't completely butcher a call that was 
on a pass that was clearly a lateral and call it a forward pass that, that falls incomplete, both live and on replay review. Um, you know, the Packers either have a scoop and score at the end of the first half or, you know, are set up at the what three yard line or something with the recovery and, and have a chance to punch it in and, and take a lead and, and make up that, um, that, uh, the, the final margin that, the 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 twenty three nineteen the four point margin so this this is a game where any one of two little things that go differently and this is a win for this team over you know a five and three Steelers squad and granted this team does not have that margin for error so right. it, it, this but again it's it's not really about the result it's about the process it's about seeing improvement week to week this week and the rest of this season. And I think we definitely saw that uh, compared to, to last week. The other thing on that last drive that probably isn't being talked about enough. And I know LaFleur brought it up and he made it seem like that was uh, one of the turning points on the drive for him as a play caller is that Aaron Jones play where he ends up getting zero yards and it ends up taking 20 seconds off the clock yep. in that type of hurry up type of situation, right? You're hoping that you can get, um, a playoff in, I don't know, 11 to 15 seconds, depending on how far deep you are, you know, how, how, how many yards you gained on the previous play, right? So you're talking about one or two plays, right, that were lost because of that decision, you know, staying in bounds and actually catching that ball, right? Yep. I think everyone in the APC Slack was like, you, you got to drop that one. Players aren't wired that way. I understand yep. that. But, like, that was a tough one to yeah. swallow. Yeah, and with a veteran guy like Jones, you would think that he would be as soon as he hauls that in, make a beeline for the sideline. Don't cut that back into the middle of the field. So that was that was a little surprising, disappointing. But um, yeah, that totally makes sense. That if that clock is stopped, that's a whole different ball game for you know how you're setting up those next couple plays. That end of game drive was so weird too because the Steelers <laughs> play a prevent defense on fourth and two after calling a timeout. What? <laughs> Why? Like the the Packers were obviously gonna do the you know we're gonna quick throw something over the middle type of play. They ended yep. up getting that gloved up and they just check it down to AJ Dillon, who then gets it to the Pittsburgh sixteen. Which like okay, you're giving them a shot. Like what? I don't understand why the Steelers didn't just play defense there. And yeah, I don't know. Tomlin's won a lot of football games, so like who am I to question him on the especially on the defensive side? But that just didn't make sense to me. I mean. It's like the opposite of the Petten play that we all got mad about, about him playing man, <laughs> man coverage, um, you know, against the Buccaneers in the playoffs, yep. right? Like, yeah, I don't get it. I I think yeah. you play defense there. I mean, you don't have to play man, but you play defense and play zone, and it wouldn't have – like you had a chance to get a turnover on downs there, and you could have covered the end zone. So it would have been the same scenario. I don't get it. I mean, they were at the 27. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Weird. I don't know. Maybe I'm the bozo, but yeah, I thought that that was a weird one. I thought, I thought we were getting fire zone in that spot after they called the timeout for sure. Cause Steelers were calling the hell out of those blitzes. I mean, they were sending those nickels like it was nothing. So, right. Oh, by the way, watch this, uh, watch the entire, no. Watch everything but the fourth quarter, second half of the fourth quarter, in a car, because I was at a casino and I am fighting a hangover currently. <laughs> I pulled the uh, I pulled the car game with the the Broncos game and um, yeah, that was that was that was a rough one to to try to have to tune in for. At least this one was a little bit more interesting and could could hold your attention a little bit. <laughs> I mi- I missed the PAT. I actually got through. Uh, I watched. <laughs> all the plays that I was in the car for before recording this podcast, but I like, I missed the PAT and I had to like ask you guys like what, what happened there? Cause I was <laughs> lagging watching on, you know, you were, streams or what you weren't the only one who was lagging on that play. <laughs> Shout out to Guara. Who's been Man. phased out of the offense entirely. Entirely. Yeah. I, I was, I was actually thinking about that, that it, it's been nice to see more of Tucker craft on some of those plays as like the wing guy and, and coming across, um, 
He has like a wham blocker and, and that kind of thing. So yeah, the fact that they're using him a little bit that way, they even used him a, a little bit on some of one or two of the, um, like the, the little flat routes that we've been complaining about Musgrave, just overall tight end usage today. I mean, Musgrave had four targets, but he taught, caught two of them for 64 yards. Like that's, that's the way we want to use this guy. And we've one been of clamoring for that for, the, for months at this point. One, one of them was the tough one over the middle, right? That yeah. bang bang play where he ended up taking two hits yep. on uh third down. Or yeah. Something yeah. Zone. That, um, yeah, one of the incompletions where, yeah, Love throws it to him in the middle of double coverage. And as soon as that ball gets there, he's getting, he's getting sandwiched. So he, he hung him out to try a little yeah, bit on that one. I don't yeah. think anyone else had a shot to get open. So he was just like, I guess this is my best shot, but yep. yeah, well, that was a tough play. But the two big ones to, to Musgrave, I mean, both great, great routes, great throws, great catches. Um, that's, that's the kind of thing that, that this guy should be doing for this offense. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I like the way that they're using these tight ends now. I, I think it probably just – it was probably a lag at some point just because – I mean, Kraft really was like tight end four mm-hmm. until Tyler Davis got hurt, right, just in terms of how they were splitting the reps and stuff in in practice, um, you know, throughout the summer. So I'm, I'm sure there was some sort of learning curve there where – you know, hey, this kid is going from the South Dakota State to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, it's going to be a little bit different of uh, <laughs> opponents, you know, in that type of situation. Yep. Weird game, man. Weird game. Yeah. It, it felt like uh, we played better than the score, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, the Packers, let me look up what we're at on Tankathon. I think we were picking six when I checked earlier, but, yeah, we were picking six. So the team's – Ahead of them right now in terms of the draft order, if I can find the damn records. There we go. Um, Packers are the highest ranked three and six team. There's a three and seven team by, by the name of the Chicago Bears that if the <laughs> Packers ever catch up to, you know, because the Bears have played that extra game, they will have uh, uh they will be ranked ahead of the Chicago Bears in the draft order because of the strength of schedule. Um, the teams that have a worse had, don't even have three wins. I guess that's the best way to to put it. There are four teams. It's the Carolina Panthers with that pick going to Chicago. Um, the New York Giants, who are just completely off the rails. Oh. I don't know what they're looking forward to at all. They've locked in Daniel Jones, like your best player is Saquon, and he's not even under contract. I don't know. Arizona, who got Kyler Murray back today. Hopefully, you know, they end up winning some games. New England. Um, that in Germany decided to put in Bailey Zappi um, <laughs> for the final drive of the game and only the final drive of the game. It's not like Bailey Zappi is known for having a huge arm. I don't know what's happening there. I, like, yeah, I don't think they're going to can Belichick. I don't think they can. I think they want him to get break Shula's record as a Patriot, but like, I don't know. Maybe not. Well, maybe he's the crazy Tepper move, right? Like Tepper's going to do something nuts. So yeah, stuff already started leaking today. I saw, you know, he was like, you know, ownership isn't too happy about how the quarterback thing is going on. It's like, dude, you pretty obviously made that selection. The the funny thing is, okay, draft draft season. Everyone in the know had Carolina loves CJ Stroud. But Tepper wants Bryce Young because of the S2 stuff. If you guys remember all the the testing uh-huh. baseball crap, right, that they brought up. Yep. They're like, Stroud didn't test well there. Bryce was great there. The Texans front office only really wanted Bryce Young. And they were kind <laughs> of like the owner forced the quarterback selection there, which is why they ended up trading for that third overall pick. Because they the front office wanted – Will Anderson and just Will Anderson. And they were like, okay, well, okay, we're going to trade up for the top, you know, two picks after Bryce Young then, and you're going to take a quarterback and Will Anderson. We're not coming out of this without a quarterback. Right. It's funny how ownership got involved in both of those, but only one of them ends up panning out. So we only talk about that, you know, in in certain way. Like Cal McNair probably should be getting a little bit of credit for, you know, pulling well, the trigger on Stroud. And, and Stroud has, has been – blistering hot these last couple of weeks. I mean, leading, yeah. leading them to another, another win over Cincinnati uh, this week. So good on him, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's weird. Do, do we, do we see the Packers being worse than any of those top five teams down the stretch? Probably not. I think we're probably, 
you know. I see people that are like Marvin Harrison Jr. It's time to come to Green Bay. I'm like, dude, we're going to have to pick third to be able to pull that off or maybe fourth, but like, it's going to be up there. Like, I don't think so, man. Yeah. Yeah. This, this looks like again, with, with the progress that we saw this week, if the Packers continue on that trajectory, they'll win a couple more games and you're looking at, you know, probably that five, six spot is about as high as they can hope to get. I think this season. So. Which again, folks, that is tackle range. Offensive are, tackle, baby. We are talking Joe Alt. We are talking uh, Mims, the the right tackle from Georgia, who just come came back this week after after the uh, tightrope surgery. We are talking uh, Penn State guy, right? Yeah, Fashanu. I, I think Fashanu probably might probably be early by then. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Penn State, by the way. Just it's the same thing every season. Oh my god. James Franklin hasn't won a big game in the Big Ten East in like eight years. That's not, he's got the best job in the world. You just have to finish <laughs> third and everyone is happy. That's, yep. can't complain. Um, there's another tackle. I gotta say his name or I will perish. Uh, CJ Latham, the right tackle for Alabama. That's the other one. Uh, yep. that's probably going to be in that conversation. What do you think about wide receiver? Um, outside of Harrison, because like Harrison, obviously, if he's there, Pull the trigger, make oh, a yeah. pick. He looks yep. insane. Like, duh. I mean, a, a toddler can make that selection, right? Like, <laughs> I don't think that's the uh, who's Andrew Luck's GM. Um, I forget his name, but oh, he won like executive yep. of the year, and it's like, dude, for what? Like, everyone would have made that pick. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> um, but like, uh, I don't know, Keon Coleman. Keon like, Coleman is, he in, the... is he in play at six? Like, I don't know. I could see it. Um. Especially if maybe the top two tackles are are off the board, um, yeah. if Ashanu and Alt are gone, uh, you know, like four or five, that's not a crazy thought. Especially with uh, the way the the Packers' so called one and two receivers have looked these last couple of weeks. Yeah, I got something on that. Um, mm. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's talk about the inactives and stuff like that before we get into the vibe checks and talk about those type of situations. Uh, Jair Alexander was out with the shoulder. It's not the shoulder that was surgically repaired. A lot of people are asking that question. Just wanted to say that just, you know, to give you guys the information. Quay Walker was out again with the groin. They were replaced by Corey Ballantyne and uh, Isaiah McDuffie. McDuffie, um, the more I watch him, man, like, he's a solid player, but I don't think he's a guy who, like, threatens that lineup mm-hmm. at all in terms of long term. Like, I just think he's, like... He, a really he is good backup. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's the guy who can give you three or four, you know, decent starts off the bench a year and will give you good special teams reps. Um, he's not a guy you necessarily want as your preferred starter. Um, but at least, you know, it's better than the, the, the version of Oren Burks that the Packers had or Ty Summers coming off the bench. So that's, that's yeah. a guy you can absolutely live with as an injury fill in for sure. Yeah. He's been doing a good job. Hats yeah. up to him. Ballantyne, I thought, did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at uh, – if you go on next-gen stats, they always have, like, the quarterback chart, which is, like, uh, you know, they map out where the passes were, incompletions, completions, touchdowns, all that stuff on the field. It is insane to look at for Kenny Pickett. He had five completions beyond, I believe, five yards. Oh, three <laughs> completions over five yards in Ooh. this game. They were all to the sideline. So those were, like, the – you know, the back shoulder one where, like, Carrington just, like, loses the ball because it's in his, like, blind spot and stuff like that. I'm not ever really going to blame cornerbacks for that. I mean, that's just a hell of a throwing catch type of situation. Yep. They weren't doing anything to these cornerbacks all day. So, you know, bringing up a practice squad guy to to be a starter as a replacement for Jair when, you know, Stokes is out, you just traded Rasul. Also, you have a seventh-round rookie starting opposite of him. Like, that's about as good as you could ask for. So, yep. Yeah, really for good. sure. Uh a couple other guys uh who are worth noting. Samari Touré was inactive in this game. I can't remember him being inactive. He was previously. inactive last week too. Um was that was the first time that he was a healthy scratch was last week as well. So yeah, we're going on two weeks in a row of Touré being a healthy scratch. Bad sign, but good sign for the offense cuz we're taking away the random two Touré bomb shots that for some reason, we decided to do the first two months of the season. Yeah. Malik Heath was out there doing some stuff on special teams. Um, I don't like, know that he got a single. Well. Yeah, I don't know that he got a single snap on offense, though. I don't remember seeing him 
on the field once. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's out there for offense at this point. Um yeah. but yeah, I mean just interesting to keep in mind, right? Because Stokes and Savage are probably gonna be back after week twelve and they've used that roster spot now. So someone's got to drop. Plus there's like the Tenuta thing that is just like looming. I don't know when the heck Tenuta's gonna come back, but like, yeah. that's probably happening at some point this year. Um Ennis Gaines was called up for the practice squad in this game. He really just plays special teams and Seems like he's the backup nickel to uh, Keyshawn. I mean, they yep. used him on the one snap last week um, when Keyshawn was out on defense. So, yeah. I mean, he's on paper a safety, but, like, don't don't think of him that way. He's a, right. he's Keyshawn's backup. Like, Yeah, and, and Gaines was – he was promoted as the, the 53rd guy, right, because they had that yes. extra roster spot, right, Yeah, yep. after the Rasul trade. Cool. He's actually called up on Saturday. I wrote that up in the casino. By the way, uh, <laughs> what games do you play? When uh, do you cas- play when you're casino. At casino casino games? Um, I'm a I'm usually a blackjack, and I'll dabble a little bit in craps. Those are my those are my hey, two table games. See, same with me. Yeah, I don't do the video slots, man. I can't get into it. No There's video slots. Just veg out there and just. Yeah. Hit that button. All I'll day. do. Yeah, the it. the actual physical slots. I can I can play for a little bit, but just that's a what few I'm saying. They don't even time. have like the yeah. little thing to pull anymore. Like, what's the point? Yeah. Yep. I hear you. I no, it's it. uh, I'm a. I've. It's been a while since I've been to like Vegas or anything. It's been a couple of years, but that was always. Yeah. There's one or two places right along the strip. The 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 little tiny places that still had five or ten dollar blackjack tables, and so that was always my jam. Just post up there for a couple hours and. You know, get a couple drinks and and hang out and and have yes. a good time. You can you can make you can make a little bit of money right a long time if you're just playing blackjack at a five dollar table. Yes, so that was always my thing too. Um, when I would go to Vegas because they would just like because in Vegas, right? They're just comping you drinks constantly. Like they're just coming around, just like, hey, mm-hmm. do you want more booze to spend that money with? Like, so you can just, I mean, you're basically getting cheaper drinks. <laughs> if, yeah. if you're if you're doing it right right like that's so, that's absolutely it. the way i always looked at it was look i'm i'm gonna pay you know maybe a 100 bucks for a couple hours worth of entertainment and a handful of drinks and you know that again if you especially if you're playing blackjack and you're you're playing smart you're not gonna burn through that yeah you know in 20 minutes you can you can let that last if you know what you're doing while. right and it's pretty it's pretty easy rules once you get into it i craps is interesting too because i am not nearly as in tune with like whatever the like meta is for craps, but like if you're in a group, it's like way more social too. Yes, like that's absolutely. that's the fun part is the table blowing up when someone wins and stuff. And for sure, all that. <laughs> yeah, I play blackjack when I'm not in the sports book. I get into I got into late last night to be able to bet on the Oregon money line. I was thinking about mm. big Oregon money line parlay with Steelers money line. Packers played better than I thought, so there you go. Good for them. All right, enough of that. Um, Let's take a break, and then we'll get into Vibe Checks. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Josiah DeGuara. Poor one out, dude. It's over. <laughs> I don't know how many snaps he got, but he's legitimately a fullback on this team now. Anytime they have to do two two tight end sets, play play a guy off, like Kraft is coming into the game. So yep. I feel pretty confident that DeGora is tight end three on the depth chart right now. Yeah, definitely. And like we said earlier, I mean, the the way they use Musgrave up the seam today rather than some of those dump offs, um, that's that feels like the the right usage of those two guys. So Kudos to the coaching staff for finally kind of getting on the the page that we were all kind of hoping they would be on by this point in the season. The uh, long AJ Dillon run, which by the way, shout out AJ Dillon. I didn't know you had that in yesterday. Career long forty yarder. That was uh, he scooted a little bit there. Yeah, the one of the counter plays finally hit. We yeah, did it. we did it, guys. There was a reason for all that stuff. 
Man, I, that I just I, I got to imagine what's going through Dylan's head when he hits that hole off left guard and sees nobody in front of him, nobody on the entire left side of the field. Um, that was fun, and and he I, did he beat a guy to the edge too, like to the to the sideline? I'm pretty sure he outran somebody to the sideline uh, at a halfway got, decent angle. He got Casey one on one, so Casey was playing. Uh, single high safety and then he was one-on-one with him and that's okay. kind of how that played out Casey okay. was the guy who got that uh that interception to end the game i believe um, yes I'm trying to look up right now if how is this so hard to look up what if, what was aj dylan's long at uh coming into this college? game oh at, no, BC. At, at boston college has he ever <laughs> has he ever hit oh he hit a 75 yarder at one point oh wow well, I know it was his. I know it was his career long in the NFL because I think I, I I saw he had a thirty what a thirty six yarder against the Bears a year or two ago, and that was his previous career long in the NFL. His longest run, his final year, at uh, Boston College looks like it was thirty one yards, and that was against Richmond. <laughs> Ooh, spiders! Yeah, pour one out. Oh no, that was against Kansas. He had a thirty-yarder against Richmond. Mm-hmm. Kansas at that point was also very, very, very bad. Yep. Um, so, so it's reception at Wake. Wow. So that's Dylan's longest run in at least four years. Yeah, it looks like his career, his career long that seventy-five yarder was his freshman year at BC. So, <laughs> um, on that play, by the way, before we move on from it, um. If we're giving kudos to the tight ends, watch uh, Tucker Craft on that play. He ends up just springing it because of the down block. He ends up getting to the will linebacker. I don't know if DeGuara makes that play. So, like, that's yeah. one example of, you know, the added difference. I know, you know, block and stats are all wonky, but, like, that's a clear play where it's like, okay, hey, guys, like, this, there's there's a reason why Craft should be playing. Um Jordan Love, best game. Don't care about the stats. Two touchdowns were dots. These are my notes. Uh, that's how I feel. That's how I feel about the game. Yeah. This is good. If we keep getting love like this, I am thumbs up. Thumbs up. I don't want to have to think about quarterbacks during the draft process. It's so much work, dude. I don't want to figure out which third round pick is going to push him. I say, especially when we're no, we know we're not getting one of the top two. So let's just, yeah, not have to worry about that. I, I was, I mean, explosive plays kind of all over the place today. They had seven completions of 20 or more yards in this game. Yeah. Which feels like the last like seven games combined that uh that they've hit on that many. So and and again, most of those were some of those were wide open guys. Dontavian Wicks, shout out to him, getting open a couple times for big gains. Um the the couple again to Musgrave were great throws. The touchdown to Jaden Reed was fantastic. Um great touch on that one. And then um I mean it wasn't an explosive, but the the touchdown to Dobbs, um, perfect amount of touch yeah. on that ball to to get him right where it had to be in the back corner of the end zone. So the two touchdowns were nuts. He felt like he was. It, it seemed like he was feeling himself. I mean, even when he's throwing incompletions to get out of sacks with his left hand, and it's like, yeah, hey, dude, this dude <laughs> is fully in control right now. Um, yeah, the one in the pocket delivering the ball like. The craziest one to me though was that one to, to Jaden Reed on the last drive when he just kind of hucks it up there and somehow Reed's the only guy who sees the ball and and is able to track it. Um, yeah, that was that was a little nuts. That's fun though. I it's, like it. it's yeah, it's it's fun to see a productive passing game and a you know and a quarterback throwing mostly accurate balls for most of the day. Uh, that final play was a play called cross-country dagger. Um, so a dagger play, I'm sure you guys have played like Madden or something like that. A dagger play is someone on like the slot or a tight end or something like that is just running a nine route, right? He's just trying to draw coverage toward him to kind of vacate the middle of the field. And then there's a dig coming in underneath it from the outside. Cross-country dagger is instead of running a nine, you're running a post. So you're trying to take out kind of like both of those safeties. Um, Love threw that play 
or Love threw that ball before anything started to break. So like he was going to throw that ball no matter what. And yeah. really it was the slot, I guess, if you want to call it a slot. I mean, everyone was just lining up at, at the, the goal line. Yeah. So like, yeah. it's the guy over, you know, number three or number two. Um, He just didn't take the bait. Good for him. Came down to a play like to end of gameplay, man. Like there's not a whole lot of good answers. I mean, you could have run like a hook and lateral or something like that, given you were given a guy a chance, but like, that's kind of it. Yeah. I mean, and you're, they were only 16 yards out, right? You can still run yeah. a, you know, a real play there. You're not, you're not at a, some sort of distance where you need to be just hucking, hucking some, some sort of Hail Mary or anything. You can, you've got plays in the playbook for that down or that distance. So, yeah. um, but again, like Packers don't get a PAT blocked that, whole situation gets them set up and you're kicking a field goal and you're going to overtime. Or if the Jones play doesn't happen, you right. can take multiple shots and you know, middle of the field is open now and yep. you can throw something, then clock it and get it closer. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yep. So just weird last drive. And I'm okay losing that way, man. Like I'm mm-hmm. okay. The team being young and not ready to do a game winning two minute drill. If the offense otherwise is playing pretty good. So agreed. Weird day for Dobbs. Um, killed his fellow wide receivers by his oh. lack of blocking. Had that weird nine ball up the sideline that I think he could have had a shot at if he like extended his arms. It was like it was just off. Like I don't know. Um, could have gotten a better result there. But then he also caught that dot touchdown. Um, yep. And nice footwork getting the getting both feet in the corner of the end zone too. So yeah, that's. I feel like that's. Dobbs is who he is at this point, right? Like you're going to get a a nice catch or two a game. You're going to get questionable blocking, whether it's effectiveness or effort. Um, You know, that's for the coaches to figure out. Um, And then you're going to get just some weird stuff every once in a while on balls that maybe should have been caught that, that aren't. And if I, I guess you can sort of, you, you you kind of have to live with that right now just based on the roster yeah. and and where things are at um but you know on a on another team with a deeper receiving core you know that makes them a 3 or 4 and yes. and that's i mean we can we can have the we can have the wicks discussion um i think that's that's worthy of discussion at this point that you know he should be um you know getting number one or number two levels of snaps the way he's been playing and getting separation, especially these last couple of weeks where he's really started to come alive. But um, yeah, that's, I think that's just who Dobbs is and at least it's who he's going to be the rest of this season. Bad day for Christian Watson. <laughs> I don't like the Tory Smith stuff is not leaving my brain. Also, <laughs> he's not really even like beating some of these guys. Like I know, there was that, yeah. that nine up the sideline that yeah. Love missed out on. But, like, I don't know. Is Watson really even open on these ones anymore at this point? I I think – I mean, he doesn't look like he's got the speed that he showed last year. I, I got to think that the hammy is still nagging him a little bit. Um, didn't he have, like, a knee thing for a little bit this year, too, that was bugging him? Like, he just – he does not look like he has that same play speed that he has – when he was blown up in November and December last year. And, you know, maybe if he's got that extra gear, he's able to get some of the separation over the top of these guys. But yeah, it, it, it seems like that, that top end speed just isn't there for him right now. Like it was. Cause my, my thought was, okay. If Watson isn't a guy who's playing up to his size. And I mean that both at the catch point and, you know, as a blocker, frankly, right then maybe he's a guy between the twenties. You want to have him be a shot play guy. And then inside the red zone, you want to use him as the lateral threat, right? Where it's either, you know, end around jet motion screens, you know, faking any of those things to just Mm -hmm. give um, window dressing to other plays. But if the speed isn't there, I don't know what the heck you do. I don't know what you do. So. You give Dontavian Wicks more snaps. That's what I'd like to do. Wide receivers, yards per target, calculated it by hand after this game. Um, number one, Jaden Reed, 9.3. Pretty good. That's I was pretty joking, good. like, on Intercepted, I was like, is Jaden Reed our number one wide receiver? Because not only is he being efficient, but it's, like, efficient to scale, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. leading the team in receiving yards and all that stuff. Uh, Dentavian Wicks, who was called Darrington 
Wix or oh whatever God. it was multiple D- times during Dontarian the or yeah. Dontarian. That's oh what it was. Gosh. Uh, 8.9. So he's right up there with Reed. Yeah, buddy. Then after that, we get Watson at 7.2. I do think that that probably isn't fair to him considering all the DPIs that he ends up drawing. Like, I don't have the DPIs in there. I am more lenient on Watson there. Dobbs, 5.8. That's not, not good. good. That is not good. That's... It feels like Dobbs, like, <sighs> should we just be using Dobbs as, like, Randall Cobb? Where it's just like, yeah, dude, he's just going to be playing third downs and, like, taking hits on stuff that it's short. That seems like the 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 only place where he's contributing right now because he sure as hell isn't doing anything in the run game or or as a blocker um you know on early downs it's my biggest worry right we get through the season draft season comes up we sell ourselves on uh coleman or something like that in the draft right going that early and then they pick the wrong wide receiver to bench right that is where we get into nightmare scenario like yeah in terms of optimism of these guys turning out, right? I think Reed is number one with the bullet for me. And then I'm cool with having Wicks and Watson in like the same tier just because of sure. the hamstring stuff and, you know, the the speed that Watson could bring to the table. Plus, you know, Wicks at the end of the day was picked in like the fifth round or whatever it was. And then and then Dobbs would be fourth. But they're still giving Dobbs a whole lot of burn. So like I'm not totally sure unless like Dobbs gets displaced in terms of like the snap count at the end of the season. I'm not totally sure taking a wide receiver high means Dobbs isn't going to be in the lineup as much next year. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think that that's where it's headed, but I don't know. I mean, the, the, the funny thing to me is, you know, people are, there's, there's a segment of Packers Twitter that is very vocally uh, criticizing Christian Watson you know, in his second year for, for the way he's playing. Um, haven't seen as much on Dobbs for the same sort of thing. Oh, um, it's just me. And I get tagged yeah. every single time he does anything. <laughs> and, and again, maybe it's the fact that he's got those flashes like that touchdown um, that, that are a little, they're at least more consistent than, than Watson's flashes have been so far this year. Maybe that's why he's kind of getting the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know, but both guys numbers, I mean, the, Somebody was out there saying, "Well, did you hate it? Did it? Was everybody hating on Devonte Adams in year two? And the answer to that was also generally yes, but Devonte Adams was also playing on a busted ankle for the entire season. Also, and... like at some point, we could call a spade a spade, right? Like if you're not Devontae playing well, you're not stunk. playing well. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> he stunk, and then he got good. Exactly. I'm okay with calling saying that he stunk, and then he got good. I would love, like, I would love for that to happen to either of these guys. I hope they they get it turned around this year or next year or sometime. Um, but you know, you you call out the play that you see, and and these guys are not playing well right now. End of story. And like the few things that like Devonte was elite at is stuff that Dobbs is good, like his release package, all that stuff. Like we had, there was a stretch last season. I mean, they probably didn't make the playoffs last season because Dobbs couldn't beat man coverage. Yeah. Like it impacted games for the last three quarters of the season, I would say. Like yeah. that never would have happened with Devonte. Like these are different circumstances, guys. Yeah. Also, yeah, Devonte was massive and had great hands. Like that's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um thought the offensive line did solid. That's kinda all I got there. Um, I mean that's One sack allowed to TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Yeah. That'll do. That'll work. We did this all without having like the Aaron Jones game, like him having mm-hmm. like his longest play was a 12 yard catch. And then he had five more targets in the passing game that ended up being seven yards. <laughs> so it's not like Jones went crazy. He was averaging 2.7 a carry. He had 13 carries. Um, I think Aaron Jones is far from the problem, but again, this is like, hey, they are competitive in games without Aaron Jones. That is something that we have not seen from this team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they put up almost 400 yards uh, of total offense in this game. Um, Jordan Love, I think this was his highest 
total passing yards as a starter in we, a single we, game. We almost got to 300. We almost got there. And I, I know it was his highest this season because uh, I looked that up and I'm sure it was higher than, you know, his, his one won. previous start. Yeah. So, um, you know, almost got there. And like I said, I mean, chunk plays did a, did a lot of the work there. And, you know, the fact that they, they put up for, I'm just looking, looking at the offensive numbers here, right? The Packers were eight of 16 on third down. Good. Right. Um, all told, they only committed five penalties, which for the Packers this year is below their, their season average by quite a bit, I think. Yeah. Um, and gave away only 32 yards of, uh, 32 yards on penalties. So, um, I mean, it's a solid performance and, and those two picks go a little bit different way and things are different. The, again, the lateral goes a different way. This is a totally different game, um, totally different complexion. So little things here and there that again, on the margins, this team, if it wants to be competitive, can't afford to, to lose those plays on the margins, but it's the fact that they're in this game and made it competitive and had a chance to win the game in the last play of the game. Um, that that should give some some optimism and just again the the way this offense looked overall um far better than i think we've seen just at any point since week one i agree i think i'm gonna go with like a 7.5 here and a lot of that is just the optimism around the offense rather than like how much they're clicking right now Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm happy like if we could have gotten anything from jones really if a couple things went changed differently like you mentioned in terms of like the game flow like yep we're yeah we're over the moon well and this this next week should be another great opportunity for this team to to continue to grow on offense you've got a chargers team coming in that just gave up 500 yards of total offense to the lions and 41 points um this this should be another good chance to see um if if they regress and and we have another like you know, 13 point 200 yard game. All right. Then, then I'm going to be hitting the panic button, but um, I don't expect that with, with the chargers coming in and it's an early game at Lambeau. They're coming across the country um, playing in the, you know, the early time slot again. Um, I'm, I mean, it's a little early to be making picks, but uh, early in the week, but I'm, I'm going to be very hard pressed. I think to, uh, to not pick the Packers at least straight up in, in next week's game. Yeah, and it's going to be a very different defense than the chart than the Steelers. Like the Steelers defense, yeah. we came into this knowing it's kind of a boomer bust type of thing, right? Like they're going to get turnovers, they're going to get sacks. You can gash them on shot plays, which is why I'm not surprised. You know, they finally had their you know get right game in terms of deep passing yep. against the Steelers team. The Chargers are going to be a whole lot more like that Rams team that you saw. You know, it's going to be the split high safety defenses and stuff like that. I mean. I don't think you're going to see too, too much different. I think the out motion stuff that Green Bay brought to the table against uh, the Rams is going to be used a lot against the Chargers. Again, they, they're going against a very similar type of defense in practice every week. So um, they, they know how to kind of attack and break some of those rules. <sighs> Defensive side. My first note is like no clear takeaways from the game. Like the defense allowed <laughs> long drives. There wasn't a whole lot of penetration plays, which, like, okay, maybe you can, like, ding some of those guys for that. Like, Rashawn Gary's getting a lot of money. Maybe he should have made a little bit more disruption in that game. Okay, I'd be fine saying that. Two of those interceptions didn't go right for the Packers. The lateral play was blown. They had backup defensive backs. Like, I'm not complaining too much about allowing 23 points on long, sustained drives when you're not getting anything, really, from your defensive line. Yeah, the the run defense is again the big concern for me, right? I mean, Jalen Warren had 100 yards on 15 carries. Najee Harris had 82 yards on 16 carries. So getting gashed for for 200 on the ground is is the big concern. But again, Quay's not in there, so McDuffie does a a decent job. But Najee Harris is a big back, um, bigger certainly bigger than Isaiah McDuffie is so you get that to contend with and Jalen th- that's one of the better like diverse tailback tandems I think in the NFL yeah. just with how how different their their builds are their skill sets um the way they they 
put them to use in this game was was really solid and and both of them were steady consistent while also having a couple of uh couple of big plays on the ground so that's my biggest area of concern is um is just seeing the the run defense kind of revert to um to the struggles that they had and the fact that there were some there were some berry things that happened again in this game the the putting putting nickel defense on the, out there on first and goal from the 4 yard line for example when the when the the when the Steelers basically have a six man offensive line with Darnell Washington at tight end like get some more beef out there that's my th- those are my couple of of big frustrations with this game yeah i want to talk about the personnel here cuz it is a weird matchup, right? Like you're playing basically like one of the old McVeigh teams when you're playing Matt Canada at this point. Like they're going to be 11 personnel, tight splits, bunches, whatever you want to call it, right? And they're going to try to run the ball, you know, if you're a nickel. Um, and the Packers seem okay with just giving them that, which I maybe would have played something a little differently if Pickett could only complete three passes over five yards in the game, right? Like, <laughs> This maybe should have been the game that you should have played Penny, but now, you know, you're talking about the Kenny Clark injury that he's pretty obviously playing through and stuff like that too, you know, the inside backers, that whole situation, backup safety's filling in the run when you know that a lot of stuff, if they are going to run, is going to go to the alleys, right? Like, I don't know. I I, I would have liked to see a little bit more Penny because they were pretty okay with playing the nickel, which isn't really like I'm not really worried about Keyshawn Nixon being in the run fit. That's not my mm-hmm. issue with, with him playing in the nickel. It's just like you're kind of inviting inside run and the Steelers seem totally fine with just being like, Yeah, we're just gonna have fifteen play drives. Like I'll just take a fifteen yeah. play drive and you know, a score is a score at the end of the day. Whereas we, we see Matt sometimes just be like, you know, he even talks about this. He's like you know, you need to have explosive plays to to score points. Like you can't sustain drives like that in the NFL. It's like, eh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I w- I would have liked to see a little bit more Penny. I wonder how much it's just them switching to more nickel base when you know they have five defensive backs out there because they have been doing that a whole lot. Like think of all the mug fronts and stuff like that that they yeah. threw against the Rams. Um, Seems like they want to get more linebackers on the field, you know, this time of year than than the interior defensive lineman. It's just like I don't know. Like I would have liked to see an adjustment or at least them dabbling in it on first and tens or something like that because they probably could have stuffed inside run, and that's really what ended up killing them. Yep. Um. That here's the other thing about the penny. Uh, not to get too too deep into this. If you want to play penny against 11 if you only want to rush four you gotta drop Preston Smith and Mm -hmm. then dropping Preston Smith against one of these wide receivers right that ends up becoming the problem and that's kind of the trade-off that you're making living in a three four world so yep whatever you want to do with that Preston I think uh had a pretty good game he chased one play down the sideline that I was like holy crap yeah 270, 280 <laughs> pound outside linebacker should not be making those plays. Like he is such a unique player in the NFL. Like he's not an elite player, but like the things he can do at his size are so weird. Yeah. It, it does make you wonder. I mean, if that's the reason that they have kept finding ways to keep him around, right? It, it Abs- seemed like absolutely. that's yeah. it, it. It does seem like the, the fact that he could do all this different stuff is. Um, you know, that, that versatility is, is why he's still around. And, um, and that, that's a, a real, you know, huge calling card for him and why, why they valued his presence so much on defense. All the, all the like match quarters teams have to have something weird going on from a defensive personnel standpoint. Like you have to have a couple guys that like you just cannot replicate in practice. Because, like, so, like, for the Rams, right? The Rams, it was like, yeah. And then Aaron Donald is running, rushing the passer, (laughs) right? Like, that solves a lot of problems. Or Jalen Ramsey is playing in the slot in, you know, these blitz coverages, right? Like, that, you know, 
Preston Smith's edge as, you know, being able to drop into coverage or chase down plays, you know, to the perimeter as an outside linebacker probably isn't as big of an edge. Um, but, but it's unique. Something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. difficult to, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's such a good edge setter and he can make those plays like kudos to him. Um, I think those are my only points on the defensive side of the ball. I really don't have that many takeaways. I mean, we all saw it. It was just sustained drives. It's not like yep. they're getting gashed or anything. So, yeah. Hopefully, Kenny know. comes full force. He made a couple of plays, but not mm-hmm. as many as you would expect him to make. McDuffie is a small guy, right? Like, that's just always going to be his thing. Like, he's not going to be able to reset the line of scrimmage when he's taking on blocks or anything like that. I do worry about Campbell's legs at this point. I know he's dealt with a whole lot of injuries, but like, there are a couple times that he was supposed to, like in the run fit, he's supposed to play over some of these blocks, and he ends up getting caught behind it. And that's when you see, like, oh, Jalen Warren just, like, popped one. And you're like, damn, that's not good because you're a preferred starter. Yeah, it, that's that kind of hurts, too, just looking ahead. He's still got three more years left on that big contract. And, um, I mean, in theory, they could get out from under it next year if they wanted to. Um I mean, he's got a he's got a little roster bonus due next season. They can they can cut bait if they need to and save some cap space next year. Um, you know, we'll see where that goes. But but you got to figure he's probably still around in twenty four, and then you know the dead money becomes palatable enough uh, in twenty five that that you could move on if if you wanted to. But uh, yeah, it it definitely seems like um, you know the injuries he he has gone through last season and this season are. Um, you know, really, really sapping his legs and, yeah. um, and his range just is not what it was that, that big, big explosive year that he had a couple of years ago. I think we used to make this point and we got off of it for a while, but like linebacker, like stack linebackers are like the defensive equivalent of running backs, right? Where everyone talks about running backs and like the wear and tear at the position and like all that stuff. Yeah. Like, dude, you're making a hundred tackles a year. Like, Mm-hmm. Your body gets banged up pretty quickly, man. Plus, you're taking on all these blocks on top of those tackles. Yeah. Well, and and Campbell now he's he's 30 years old. Um, yeah. His contract runs through his age 33 season, and, and he's a guy who's you know he's always played pretty violently and um and been mixed up in in the middle of everything. So yeah, we'll see. But at at I don't what what we've seen the last year and a half from him does not make me overly confident that he's going to, you know, suddenly find the fountain of youth between right. now and the end of his current contract. I agree. Um defensive odd checks, I'm going to go with the 5 here. I could probably be meaner. I'm not going to. Yeah. Uh just the same drives. I mean, you're out so many guys. Like I don't want to keep making excuses. I know people are like want to kill Joe Barry at the end of the day, they only allowed 23 points, 23 points. Yep. Not that bad guys. That's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. Right. Right down the middle. That's fine. Special teams. Keyshawn Nixon. Oh my God. Keyshawn's back. Um, He had a yeah, buddy. yard punt return and 139 yards as a kick returner. Uh, long of 49. I think that was the one to open the half. If I remember. Yeah. Right. Open the second half. Yeah. Second, second game in a row. He's busted a big one to, to start the third quarter. Good. You yep. like to see it. I yep. want to see Keyshawn return balls. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to see it. Also, like at this point, like I know Keyshawn's playing a lot of snaps as a uh, slot on defense. I think he's our best punt returner. Can he just return a punt? Uh, why are <laughs> we trying to? Because like we make the Jaden Reed thing happen, and like Jaden Reed's playing a whole ton of snaps too, right? Yeah. We're trying to make the Jaden Reed thing happen. He hasn't really done anything with the punt return. Keyshawn seems like he's the better punt returner. I know uh, Reed, like, muffed one or whatever they wanted to call that today. But, like, anytime that we need a big punt return, we still put Keyshawn back there. Let's just do it every time. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I can't really argue with that because, I mean, he had a big one last week, too. I think it was, like, a 20-yarder. Um and he's a psycho. Like you, you he's nuts. You, you. I, I'd almost rather have that on punt returns than kickoffs. Like that's yeah. that. That feels like a, a place where you'd rather have 
that kind of person as long as he's going to be able to to field it. Um, if someone's if we're like punting from or if someone's punting to us from like going in forty yard line, right, and we have a lead, and we just need to fair catch the thing or let it hit the back of the end zone, throw in Jaden Reed. Yeah, but outside of that, like use Keyshawn. Mm-hmm. Why not? Plus, they'll kick away from him a bunch of times <laughs> anyway. So, like, it's not like he's going to use up his legs that much and, like, get some field position there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, Anders got the PAT blocked. That was a weird play. At first, I couldn't figure out what the heck was going wrong because uh, Rashid Walker got put on a sled on that mm. play if you end up watching it. And then he just gets beat to the – DeGuara just ends up getting beat to the edge. He really doesn't even get – the guy on the inside of him, which is really what his job is. Like if you get beat from the edge, it's supposed to be like on the operation. Um, Just piss poor blocking on that left side of the line. So, yeah, that was ugly. And then uh, we get the kick out of bounds on Anders on the second kickoff. Yeah. So which why were they trying to pin him? I don't know. The the first the first one was almost out of bounds and he got yeah. real lucky the way it bounced that it snuck, uh snuck, across the goal line before it went out of bounds too. So um I was I was sure that once they did that once and got got lucky and uh didn't get the flag for it that first time that okay just just boot it deep. I he's got the leg, right? Like why are we or at least that was the book it. on him is is he's got a big leg. Just just have him boot it deep. Yeah. Why? Why? Anthony <laughs> why McFarland are we doing this? Had a long of thirty seven, which like okay. But his average was twenty four point three in this game. He was the kicker turner for the Steelers. Like, not too worried about that. Oh, by the way, Calvin Austin, the punt returner, is the guy that Preston Smith chased down, which is another reason why that's was so that's nuts. That's right. Yeah, I was like, that's he crazy. Caught the little water bug. I was like, dang. <laughs> uh, um, I don't think there was a special teams penalty today. Hang the banner. We did it. We did it, guys. We should accomplish, folks. <laughs> Waylon, I don't, oh. I didn't notice anything notable about Waylon. Usually, he has a couple big, big boots. But the the one thing that I did notice was he had a, a really nice one that he pinned him, uh, pinned Pittsburgh, I think, inside the ten. Um, I can't remember. If, I think he ended up forcing a fair catch at like the six or seven yard line, something like that. Um, and that was from just inside of midfield, I think. So um, it was nice to see him finally kind of drop one in there um, inside the 10 yard line, rather than sending it, uh, sending it in the end zone. So yeah, solid day for him too. Seven, seven feel right. I feel like if we don't miss the extra point, we don't kick it out of bounds. We're higher than that. Like, yeah, 7.5, but I think so. Getting Keyshawn involved again. Anders made okay. both Anders made both of his kicks both from the right hash, so I can get off his case about that for a little bit at least. So, yeah, pretty good all around. I okay. I want to double down on this on the way out. The Packers' next schedule, the, the next three games, which are the big ones, right? We talked about how this month is going to be super important for Green Bay. Chargers, Lions, Chiefs. They can lose all these games. And if they're confident in, or if they're competent in X amount of games, the Giants game isn't make or break for the floor. Solve for X. Is it two? Is it one? I think it's two. I I think they could do it with one. As long as it's next week. And nothing, yeah, you know. if they're competing against the Chargers and lose, and then they lose to the Lions Chiefs, I still don't think that you can can them because it's like, yeah, dude, yeah. it's the Lions and Chiefs. Like they're yeah. a, a tier above you. So, yeah, somebody, but coming into this week, I can't remember who, if it was like, I think it was like an ESPN Wisconsin or somebody had a poll up there that was, would you feel better if the Packers go 4 and 0 in the next four games, but Jordan Love looks like crap? Or Jordan Love looks good, and they go zero and four. Um, y- yes, and a hundred percent. All about the pre- again. Yes, this I, this team I is not going anywhere. The analogy, this year. <laughs> the analogy is, 
does this team look like it's taking steps towards a Super Bowl in 2025? Yeah, that, I like that. That is what I care about. And yep. everything is just built into the context around of that. So, yeah, yeah, I like that as the, the takeaway message here. So, yeah, thumbs up. Enjoy the loss. You guys told me to uh, <laughs> enjoy the win all last week. Enjoy the loss. Things things are moving in the right direction. So, go we'll take go. it.